morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network wherever you are. This is The Breakfast Show, positively different radio in the morning and you're with the double L team, Lyle and... Lawson. Lawson. What happened to you this morning, Lawson? What happened to me this morning? Oh, nothing. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm well. I'm awake. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready for the breakfast show because... I love the breakfast show. And what are you thankful for this morning? Oh, I am thankful um, for eating other people's food when I go to their house for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Free food. Yeah, free food. It's it's where it's at. Um, Actually, I went over to your son's house for dinner last night and I saw you guys there. Indeed, you were privileged. uh, Yeah, it was it was a great time. It was it was awesome. Glad you got to get to see me. Oh yeah, I was. <laughs> so like, I don't see you every day. It's like, oh, that's exactly what I need more Lyle Southwell in my life. Um, uh, so, I can't have too much there, Lawson. So, can't have too much. so yeah, it was it was fantastic and just just hanging out with Harley. Guess what I'm guess what I'm thankful oh, what are you this thankful morning? For? I am thankful for morning swims before work. Did you go for a morning swim before work? Yeah. Where in the pool? In the in the pool, yeah, they, man, that is a sign of summer, right? It is there. a sign of summer. So it has started, and so for the next uh, three or four months, it'll be morning swims, morning before pool swims. in the pool before work. So four o'clock in the morning, I'll be out there doing a couple of laps. Super refreshing. Let me ask you this question: Does that replace a shower? Yeah. <laughs> no, nah, not really. Okay. <laughs> not really. I'll ask you that question off air and see see what the real answer is. <laughs> uh, let's yeah, have not a- quite the same, but you know. <laughs> I had my shower last year. <laughs> okay. This is a reminder, you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. I'd be quite happy. Well, the Bible tells us about a man who ruled Babylon and all its land. Around the city he built a wall and declared that Babylon would never fall. He had concubines and wives, he called his Babylon paradise. On his throne he drank and ate, but for Belshazzar it was getting late. For he was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand. He was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His houses were built upon the sand. Well, the people feasted and drank their wine and praised the false gods of his time. All holy things they scorned and mocked, but suddenly all their mocking stopped. For on the wall there appeared a hand. Nothing else, there was no man in blood. The hand began to write, and Belshazzar couldn't hide his pride. For he was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His kingdom was divided, couldn't stand. He was weighed in the balance and found wanting. His houses were built upon the sand. 
mystic hand. Belshazzar tried but couldn't find a man who could give him peace of mind. But Daniel the prophet, the man of God, he saw the writing on the wall in blood. Belshazzar asked him what it said, and Daniel turned to the wall and read. My friend, you're weighed in the balance and found wanting. Your kingdom is divided, it can't stand. You're weighed in the balance and found wanting. Your houses are built upon the sand. That was Johnny Cash with Belshazzar here on Faith FM this morning. We're about to have the first clue for our quiz of the day. Get ready to give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM. If you can figure out the answer to this one, what have you got for us there, Lawson? I think I think we've gotten a little bit, a little bit mixed up. I feel like we've done some of these very recently. Hold on. Okay. Yeah, so yeah we've definitely... Lawson has got a little bit mixed up I've here. We've done that one very recently. Done that one very recently. Man, what? Did someone turn this around or something? Come on. Okay, yeah. We're... Let's let's go this way. Yep. And take about five out of that side. And mm. uh, they've already looked at, put them in that side. Somebody's obviously okay. Uh, okay. messed with you okay. while you have yeah, been out someone... of the office. Okay, here we go. Here, all right, all right, here all right, we go. I've got, I've, I've got a good one today. Okay. I think I've got a really good one today. All right, who am I? Mm-hmm. Are you ready? First clue. Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 tells us to fix our thoughts on this person. Okay. Oh, and Lyle is correct right off the right off the bat. So <laughs> This is a good one. This is a very good one. This is not a hard one. This is not either. You said a good one and I was thinking hard one. But this is a good one. This is a good one. Okay, that's a massive clue. So that means... 1-800-324-843 is the number to give us a call. Yeah, give us a call. Also, text us 0491-064-669 and you can win a prize for free. Have the phones ready because you're going to know who it is. You're going to know what's up and you're going to want an amazing prize. So anyways, Lyle. Positively different news. Positively different news. I want to ask you a question. Being being a... A renowned, oh, I don't know if I'd say that you're renowned, or oh, that's rough, um, but I would say that you are relatively known for being into motor vehicles somewhat, you know? You, you, yeah, you, it's a bit, you, of a, yeah, bit you, of a thing. Bit of a thing, you know? Thing. Like, at the moment, if I go onto your Facebook Marketplace account, there's a bunch of stuff for sale, and yep. that kind of thing. And Anyways, when you think of classic cars... Yes, what you, is have, you have my attention. The classic cars. Where does your mind immediately... Like, like what is, to you anyway, the most iconic classic Whoa. car? Especially we're talking like Americana, like classic, you know... American... Classic American A car. classic American car. Where does your mind immediately... Where do you think most people's minds would go? Mustang. Most people would go to a Mustang. A Mustang, right? A Mustang. Well, I kind of... Well, I would go to a Shelby Mustang. Yeah. Specifically. 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 Um, but yeah, a Mustang, right? That, that's where my, most... My, my wife's first, first car was a Mustang. Oh, well, there you go. Yep. Oh, we have to, this, this is why I married her. <laughs> oh, Anyone, any, you ever meet a chick and their first car is a Mustang, Lawson? My advice is just marry them. Just marry them. Just, just go, oh, just go but, down the street, buy a ring, put it on that finger, done. Problem solved. But this, 
Bet, there's better cars out there than Mustangs. It depends what kind of Mustang we're talking about here. If they're, if, if they're, if they're, okay, if they own like an early 2000s Mustang, I'm not going to be over, <laughs> overly stoked. I'm going to be like, oh, you picked up a car from the side of the road for two grand. Yeah, like anything from uh, about um, 1980 to about 2010. Let's just forget that. Era. This is like we don't need <laughs> that. But okay, so. Maybe you'll have the same words to say after the information I'm about to tell you. But I drove a 2019 model Mustang the other day. Yeah, was it, it good? It was sensational. Okay, okay, Lyle, hear me out. So you've got me sidetracked. As Let's a just part, talk about Mustang. okay, listen, listen to this. Listen to this. Shh. All right, here we go. As a part um, of of the upcoming new Mustang line, they've created a new type of Mustang. What they're calling the Mustang Mark E. Okay. And this Mustang has is it electric. Is electric. Uh huh. It's an electric SUV Mustang. SUV Mustang. It's an electric SUV Mustang. What makes it an SUV? Like 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 it, like it's an it's an like SUV. A soccer mum would drive. Like or? as in like you know think of like a Mazda CX seven. And they call it they're using a Mustang brand. They're calling it a Mustang. Okay, okay, okay. Let's stop here for a minute. Right <laughs> before we go any further, I would like to drive an electric Mustang. Uh huh. Because talk, yeah. Because electric cars are just quick. talk. Just, just, just nothing else. Just talk. Um, but to attach the Mustang brand to a soccer mum vehicle, <laughs> that just doesn't work. It just, uh, it doesn't sit right, does it? Have you got a photo of this thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let it's... me see. Let me see. That's worse. <laughs> what? What? On. No, no. no <laughs> just, We're stirring it. up controversy mercy in the it. studio. The um, world has come to an end. Well, interestingly enough, sign of the times. Like this is, you know, it's it's a it's a two door SUV as well. What so- a waste of <laughs> build an SUV or build a sports car. One of the two. Don't try and combine the two. <laughs> well, I mean, seriously, you're gonna have a baby seat in the back of that thing. Well, probably. Now, an all-wheel drive electric Mustang? Yeah, I'd be up for that because cornering. Yeah, exactly. All-wheel drive, cornering, electric, torque. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm up for that. Yep. But an all-wheel drive electric SUV Mustang? Okay, so here's here's your ultimate Mustang, right? Yeah, okay. (laughs) Here's your ultimate Mustang. Your ultimate Mustang is a hybrid that has a small V8. Now, the V8 doesn't need to be any bigger than, say, two litres, right? Yeah. Because... It is the configuration of the V8 that creates the sound. Mm-hmm. So you've just got to create the sound and produce the torque from the electric motor. Boom. Problem solved. Okay. They haven't um, done this, though. I know yeah. I, I know they haven't done this. <laughs> I just <laughs> they, look at that picture and they haven't done this. But they should because Formula One technology, you know, they run 1.6 V6 hybrids that have like 800 horsepower. But anyways, yeah. um, this particular Mustang is, has a 0 to 60 time of 3.5 seconds. So it's quick. Like zero to sixty. Yeah, okay. That's yep. that's quick, and it has uh-huh. a it has a mileage of like you know three hundred miles before a charge. So you know rel- relatively decent um, runtime, and it's, it's o- four hundred k. And they're thinking that it's only going to cost around sixty grand. Like brand yeah, new. That's US. US. That's yeah, 60, yeah, US. 60 US. So 100 um, grand in Australia. 100 grand Australian, which is like. It's competitive. Competitive, you know. And so, yeah, I was just watching, I was like, man, this is going to ruffle feathers. And as we've seen in the studio this morning, it already has. Yeah, and it is. And it's making waves yeah. as like, you know, this. Is this the next wave of, of mid 1980s Mustangs coming through? 
You know, did they have a, a, a stream of brilliance that lasted and then flashed into oblivion again? Into oblivion. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, something I just wanted to quickly mention, something I just wanted this morning, which is um, amazing. Australia, again, is is leading the world in something, uh, which is the University of the Sunshine Coast in September installed a giant thermal battery. A giant okay. water thermal battery that's like three stories high. Right. And it's currently, um, it has slashed their overall power, like their electrical usage and cost by 40%. How does this work? Um, oh, it's like, it's hard to explain because I was like trying to read up on it and I was like, okay, that kind of makes sense, but not really. But it's like, it works in a similar way hydro does, but in like a contained space, you know, by water moving and, and, and yeah, it's, it's wild. Yeah. That's why well, it's three yeah. stories. Thermal big. is obviously heat. Yeah. But then, but then it's like heat as well. What produces the heat? I honestly couldn't tell you. <laughs> so you read the whole article yeah. and none the wiser. No, no, I, I, I'm si- no, I read well the done. article. I went to Wikipedia and it just was not communicating to me in a language that I understood. But, um, interestingly enough, like, yeah, they're just like absolutely their usage, their electrical usage is just plummeting. Well, they're not their usage, but their, their ability to, to pay for it is is plummeting, and they're they're expecting over the next twenty five years to save a hundred million dollars in air conditioning costs alone. Nice. So they're just like cleaning up. It's so much more. Okay, it's- somebody needs to write this in layman's language because I want to read it and I want to build it and I want to copy it and I want to make one <laughs> and put it in your like Absolutely. if this if this a thermal is, battery if right this there. is running forty percent of an entire university campus. If you made like and that's three stories, you can make a smaller one and it would run your house. Yeah, easy. Exactly. Easy. So, see, I have plans for a hydro battery. Uh huh. Okay. But a thermal battery, that sounds interesting. It does. I would so build a hydro battery. Just give me half a chance, I'll build a hydro battery. <laughs> half a chance. Yeah. Well, you have that today, so go for it. Um, but yeah, um, this is something cool that we're seeing. Uh, Australia, again, taking initiatives to, to head into the future um, and to, to build things that are, you know, good for our cool. planet and cool and Just awesome cool. and that, it, that is reducing costs all around. So uh, it'll be interesting to see where this technology goes in the future. If it's successfully powering a university campus, it has probably a lot of applications. Yeah, I wonder what the uh, return on investment time frame is mm. uh, for building this thermal battery. I mean, it sounds like they're going to be saving a lot of money and uh, running a lot cheaper over the coming years. This is Stones of Eden with Back This Way.
Welcome back, everybody. So Lawson and I have been trying to get to the bottom of this uh, thermal battery kind of system. <laughs> we might be, we might have made a bit of a start right there, but we've got a little ways to go in yeah. understanding exactly what is taking place. And as soon as we do, we'll start to build one to install into Lyle's house. Absolutely. And Absolutely. then uh, we can save money, big dollars, Yep, all the time. All right, who am I? Are you ready? Who am mm-hmm. I? Quiz. We know that Hebrews chapter 3 and verse 1 tells us to fi- fix our to fix our thoughts on this person. So here we go. Isaiah chapter 7 and verse 14 speaks truth about my birth. There you go. So there you go. If you know the answer, 1-800-324-843 is the number to call. All right, Lawson, I have a question for you. The mm. uh, recent bushfires that we've had yes. and the uh, tragic deaths that have taken place as a mm. result of those bushfires, massive loss of property. Is this God's punishment on Australia oh, for rejecting him? I knew we were going to talk about this. <laughs> How can we not talk we about this? <laughs> Israel Folau has been posting a sermon on this. Yeah. Um, so just to catch anybody up to date who may have missed it, um, Israel Folau posted a video sermon. Um, truth from the Truth of Jesus Christ Church in Sydney, um, in which more or less this is the direction that he goes with that uh, um, particular sermon. So the question, Lawson, is, is he telling the truth or not? Well, I'm just going to say that I don't know. Firstly, first of all, like I personally have no idea. Like I can't, This I, is actually a really important point that I'm going to come back yeah. to and talk about. Yes. Is that, all right. Okay, so let's say that uh, we don't know whether God looked down from heaven and God said, okay, I'm going to put Australia in drought and I'm going to burn the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, that would be an, a, 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 an act of commission. That would be something that God commits. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. However, did God stop it from happening? Uh, yeah. Clearly not. Well. He I didn't mean, stop the fires from happening. Sorry, no. Oh man, I'm I'm topsy turvy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so 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 God did not stop this from happening. Yeah. Um, and if God did not stop this from happening, then um, 
could God have stopped it from happening? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Obviously. So God could have stopped it from happening. Mm-hmm. So if he, if he could have and he didn't, isn't that still an act of God, an act of mm-hmm. omission, yes, rather than an act of commission? Mm-hmm. So is 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 Israel Falau telling the truth or not? Mm. Well, I think. I we- mean, hey, hey, Scomo has come out and um, you know, and he's a devout Christian. He's called his statements appalling, insensitive. Um, Anthony Albanese has stated that they are reprehensible. Mm. ScoMo says that this is not reflective of Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, but are Christians backing themselves into a corner on this particular issue? <laughs> yeah, it's it's heavy. I think coming from the perspective of like knowing that there's a great controversy going on, it's like the you know Satan has power. But then it's then the then the the age old you know. Uh, argument comes up it's like okay well if satan has power god has power why doesn't god stop satan you know it, it goes around and around but there is there is ultimately okay so answer. we're going to come back and talk about that in just a moment but before we do mm-hmm. there's there's a couple of things i need to point out first of all uh standing up and 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 this is this is this is my opinion i'm going to share my opinion here okay. i don't believe that standing up and preaching a sermon and saying this is god um pouring out his anger on australia for supporting same-sex marriage and abortion is helpful no. What is helpful is getting off your backside, out of Sydney, and going doing going and doing something constructive in the bush to help sinners out. Mm. Because the fact is we fact is we are all sinners yeah. in need of a saviour. And okay, you might think, well, these people are worse sinners than me, or whatever it might be. I don't know. I don't think Israel Falau takes that particular view at all. That would be like weird. Um, and I've never met Christians that, that do. But the most, you know, the most practical thing you can do is rather than preaching a sermon about it, get out there and help the people. Mm. Spent three days, a couple of uh, a week or so ago, working with the Farmer Assist program, and um, you know, you certainly get a different perspective when you are out there yeah. just helping the people on the ground. If everybody does their little bit, then we can make a difference. The second thing is we need to be praying for these people. Mm. I think words of condemnation can, they do have their place. There's no question about that. But, you know, we need to be providing, uh, praying for these people and providing aid for them. Mm. That's, that's where it needs to start. Having said that, we need to discuss this issue. So here's a couple of thoughts for what they may be worth. First of all, does God work through disaster ever? Well, yeah. He has in time past. He has in times past. And so a couple of examples come to light. I'm going to read from First uh, Kings chapter 17 and verse 1. The Bible says, And Elijah the Tishbite, who was of the inhabitants of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of, of Israel lives before whom I stand, there shall be no dew nor rain all of these years except by my word. Mm. And as a result of that, there is no dew or rain for the next three and a half years. Mm. Okay, so we look at the drought that we're having here in Australia, and um, it's pretty much gone on for three years now. It's heading towards three years, but there has been a bit of dew, and you do get the odd shower. Mm. Israel, you know, you can only imagine what it looked like after three years of no dew Mm. and no rain. And it's an agrarian society, and uh, you know, uh, as a result of this, um, 
it would have been you know a terrible disaster yeah. and this is an act of commission by God where God has actually done this. The flood is another example of that, mm. you know, Noah's flood. So there are times when God does work through disasters. There's no question about that. However, does is every disaster that takes place on earth God pouring out wrath on some particular individual or group of individuals? The answer is no. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 45, the Bible says that God makes his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Mm. Um, and the flip side of that is that, you know, disasters come to good people and disasters come to evil people as well. That's just a part of living in a world where sin is in control. Mm. If God intervened in our world all the time and removed any kinds of consequences for sin, then the universe would never and we would never understand the consequences for sin. And as a result of that, sin would be immortalized, sin would come back again, and God would have no hope of ever ridding the universe of sin. Mm. The only way that God can rid the universe of sin is by allowing sin to do its thing and the the universe to look on, us to be able to look on and say, okay, sin causes drought. Mm. Sin causes fires. This is this is what happens when you live in a world of sin, where you have, where as a world you have turned away from God, and we can compare our world with other worlds where sin does not exist. And say, okay, there's a very very easy formula here. Um, if we, um, as a world, choose to serve God, then we are going to be able to live without all of the consequences for sin. And so disaster is a natural consequence for the existence of sin. It's not a consequence of your sin specifically mm, yeah. or even the nation's sin specifically. It's a consequence of the existence of sin in the planet mm. because sin cuts, cuts you off yeah. and separates you from God. And when God is withdrawn from the world, when his Holy Spirit is withdrawn from the world, bad things happen. Mm. You know, when Satan is given control, he is going to make bad things happen. And so we need to recognize that the vast majority of these events is not God uh, commissioning something to try and wake people up. It is just Satan going around creating havoc and God allows it to happen because if he doesn't, sin will come back again. Mm. And it's good here how you say it's a cause of sin, not as a you know a, as an act, but as you know just the condition of our world. That's right. That's the big distinction there, and that's the Absolutely. big distinction that that needs to be made as to what you know Israel Folau is talking about, because he's saying that it's specifically the moral sins of, of each Australia. individual person, of yeah, abortion, got- and of. I, I would like to know how he gets that particular information that abortion and um, same sex marriage um, caused this. Yeah. Now, that, now I don't I don't believe in abortion. Yeah. And I don't believe in same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. That's a, a discussion for another day. Send me questions on that. Give me a hard time. You're more than welcome to. But we live here in Australia where everybody's allowed to have their view on it. And that's my particular view. Mm. But I do not believe that God is punishing in Australia. I have no evidence to say exactly. that God is punishing mm. Australia because of those things. And whenever God has performed an act of commission... He has explained what he is doing. Mm, And so God hasn't come down. He hasn't said, okay, you guys have chosen to go down this path. Therefore, this is what's going to happen. Mm. However, from a big picture, the more the world turns away from God, the less influence the Holy Spirit has on Mm. the world, Mm. which makes our world more vulnerable to the results of sin.
of hope. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. A child prays for peace on earth, and she's calling now from a sea of hurt. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. And can you hear the angels singing glory to the light of the world? Glory, the light of the world is here. Drought breaks with the tears of a mother. The baby's cry is the sound of love. Come down, come down, Emmanuel. Oh, he is the song for the suffering. He is Messiah, the Prince of Peace has come. He has.
Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to Faith FM 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, right across the Faith FM network. And joining me in the studio right now is somebody that I have not seen for quite a while. Uh, Minnie, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's, it's nice just, to be back. It's yeah, so it's, good to see you guys. How, how long is it since you've been around in this area? Now, for those who are, who are listening in and going, who is this person? <laughs> um, <laughs> let me explain that uh, Minnie was a Bible worker at uh, the Maitland Adventist Church, and so she was working with myself there for a while and, you know, um, Lawson and everybody else. Um, we had mm. some great adventures there. Yeah. And been gone for a while and just suddenly walked through the studio door and so I'm like, hey, <laughs> jump behind the microphone. <laughs> Tell us about your adventures. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that's who you are. Now, where have you been for the last how long? How long has uh, it been? It's been over a year that I've been in New Zealand. Yes. But I was in Wanganui for, oh, shivers, um, since June or July yep. last year. And then this year I've been up in Kerry Kerry in the Northlands of North New Zealand. Okay. So um, for those of us who are Aussies and New Zealand geography <laughs> is not that great, yeah. give us a little bit of detail okay. yeah. as to exactly where this is. Where I am now? Uh, where, both, both places. Okay. okay. So Wanganui is like sort of the bottom of the North Island, like on the West Coast, near Palmerston North. And then um, Kerry Kerry is maybe like a couple of hours from the tip of the North Island. Okay. So three hours north of Auckland on the East Coast. Which part do you like best? Oh. <laughs> You're um, going to offend some New Zealanders oh, now. <laughs> no, honestly, the Northlands is incredible. The coastline is amazing. The weather has been relatively, like summer, incredible. Um, and I Summer is your favourite time of year, if I remember my correctly. Favorite in the whole world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they have summer in New Zealand. They do. Okay. They this also have winter though, right. and I that whole is it sad? You know the seasonal uh-huh. thing disorder with the sunshine. Yeah, that affects me like a lot. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> and because I'm still working as a Bible worker. Um, oh, I don't know if you're going to say that, but I'm working as a Bible worker yeah, yeah, this year yeah, with yeah, the church. Yeah, yep. And someone asked me recently what the hardest thing has been, and I was like. Logistically, not having the sun. Like on the days where it's rainy and cold, I do not want to go. I do not want to go. I do not want to get out of the car. I do not want to get out of my bed. I so relate to this. (laughs) So, yeah, but... Oh, yeah, it's just good. Now I've okay. heard about Northland. Okay, yes. I've, I've, uh, it's, it's a bit of a legendary place. Okay. <laughs> does it, does it, you, what, you, does it actually meet up to expectations? Well, I hadn't really heard anything about it before I moved up there, so I think it's awesome. <laughs> but, Fantastic. Yeah, I think with any place and any country, there are things that are so incredible, and that is so true to the stereotype. And then there are also things which there are massive problems and issues. Okay, so tell us about some of those issues that you find um, where you are now up in Northland. Kerry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually really interesting Because it's kind of a bit of a remote area, isn't it? It's like, oh, yeah. There's not many people up there. <laughs> we, and it's just a, like a little stick of land that sort of pokes out yeah. randomly into the middle of the ocean. Yeah, so we don't even have a set of traffic lights and there's an intersection where people are like not wanting to get it, even though we're having more and more cars. It's like a point of pride that we don't have. Because <laughs> it's small. It's just... <laughs> Yep. Small little town. Um, so Kerry Kerry is quite interesting because in comparison to towns that are, you know, 20 minutes half down the road, it's probably, I don't want to say it's the affluent place, but a lot more people retire up there from Auckland. It's kind of nice. If you have a boat, great place. How far from Auckland? Maybe three and a half hours. And how far to go from the West Coast to the East Coast? <laughs> Not that long. Maybe <laughs> a couple of hours. 
I want to say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's not far. And then once you get even further north, you know, they're right up the top. It's 20 minutes from coast to coast. Sure. So, um, yeah, but... Okay, so you've got a bit of a wealthier suburb, retirees. Yes. Yeah, retirees. Bit of a retirement village. Yeah, yeah, it is becoming a bit that way. Um, and that's great. It just means it's got a totally different demographic to say there's another town half an hour down the road. And I know, you know, like 11 and 12-year-olds who they've dropped out of school and they're not doing anything. Um, and this is probably one of the stereotypes, which has truth to it. It's not the full picture, but there's a lot of problems in the Northland with um, drugs and alcohol and, yeah, like big truancy. and um, What just, drives that? I mean, is there, a, is there a geographical reason for that or is this just where certain people groups have gravitated together um, that is, you know, like mm. dysfunctional people is sort of attracted to other dysfunctional people? Is, is that kind of thing happening or...? I, do think, and this may this is purely my <laughs> opinion this is, this as an the, Aussie. This who's... is the observations <laughs> of somebody who is uh, at the coalface of meeting people on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I think a lot of people that I've met um, stay a lot closer to where they've grown up than, say, for myself. So when I was living here or Bible working in Maitland, that was maybe a ten-hour drive back to see my parents. 10-hour drive over there is nearly the whole island. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> That's right. And you have, to, you have to understand the island mentality yeah, because I come from Tasmania, yes, which is yes. smaller again than the North yeah. Island. And so, you know, when we traveled, you know, when we were young people and we'd say go to a youth program that was happening in Launceston and we traveled up from Hobart and that's a, uh, what is it, a two-hour drive, mm. we would plan to stay overnight. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Now, it's got to yeah, be similar yeah. in New Zealand, right? Yes, yeah, it is. Yeah, you get that. Yeah, that's totally. just, It's just the island mentality. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's just the way it is. And, and, and then when you live on the mainland for a while, you suddenly realise just how hilarious that is. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, but that's right. It's a different mentality. Um, and I think in New Zealand, it's maybe built a bit more for that too. So you can not really have to go that far and you have everything you need, really. Um, which for me is great because I love water. So I don't think I could go more than an hour and you're at a beach, a river, a lake. Yes. Um, New but Zealand yeah. is full of water. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. But I do, I think that part of it comes back to that mm-hmm. is we've grown up here. This kind of is our home. Um, then obviously you have in Northlands, from what I understand, I mean, throughout the country, but I've heard that it's like 60% of kind of Maori based people group live predominantly up in the Northlands. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's an incorrect stat. But, <laughs> uh, but you know, and even with that cultural aspect, there is a really big tie between land and identity or land and family. More so than other places that you've seen. Uh, I mean, just like as a cultural base, you know. So more than I've probably experienced, sure. I would say. Yeah. yeah. So because for me, I don't have a place of this this Is this, an area, is this an area of... Um, is, is it an, a, a depressed economy, high unemployment, that kind of thing? Yeah. Right. And so I'm not exactly sure what minimum wage is everywhere, but to be on the dole is almost more worthwhile for some jobs because you're you're really not making that much more. What is the, uh, in, in the Northland area there, what is the economy based around? So where I am in Kerikeri, it's a big fruit picking sort of area and, and that sort of, I guess, agricultural mm-hmm. um, background. So a town up the road, I like. I really don't know for some of it. 
it just um, seems to be sort of like smaller places. Um, yeah, so there's a prison just 20 minutes from where I am and the town there where I said I know these girls, beautiful girls, they're amazing. Um, and a lot of people there just have a lot of people who are in prison or have been in or whatever. And part of Okay, so you've got a retirement village full of wealthy people that have yeah. retired. And just down the road you've got high dysfunction. Yeah. And do these two is there a, is there a clash between these two um, suburbs, so to speak? Or, I think um, there is in a way. Yeah. I I don't I couldn't articulate it, but I definitely when I moved there, I For them and us. Yeah. Yes. That's what it is. Yeah. Mm. To some degree, and I don't know really how you change that. And I think this year, more than any other year, for myself, I. <laughs> I've really wrestled with the question of is it possible to overcome cultural background, whatever, in church? Because I definitely have had times where I'm like, Jesus, I don't think it's possible. I mean, I know you can do all things, but <laughs> we're humans. We're so human. And I don't actually know how we can. Because- culture has a massive impact on the way that we connect with yeah. God. Yeah. And because everyone has your own culture, so you can see someone come in and say, oh, well, you're bringing your stuff. Well, no, no, so am I. So are we all. That's right. Like, Absolutely. <laughs> we that's all a, have that's a exactly, uh-huh, uh-huh, <laughs> Yeah. Producer Shell and I were talking about this on the way in this morning, you know, how, you know, different cultures, and, and, and really we need to respect the way that different cultures worship and, and the way that different cultures connect with God. In the past, if you go back to the age of missions, one of, the, you know, and the age of missions was fantastic because, mm. you know, we Christianity did so much good, but at the same time, they they um, took this attitude of unless you are worshipping like do. a white Western mm-hmm. British person, mm-hmm. you yeah. are not a Christian. <laughs> yes, yeah. And, you know, and, and in many ways that was quite destructive. Now you've got the development of um, culturalised Christianity in mm. a lot of these places that is, you know, it's kind of stronger, has stronger attachments to the missionary era. Yeah. Than what we do, we've sort of moved past it. Yeah, and, and and so yeah, you got all these mix of cultures and subcultures, and it's just like wow, how do you wrap your head around it all? Yeah. But really, what it does come down to is, for you as a Bible worker, I guess, is understanding the culture and then being able to reach people within that culture. Yeah, or cultures. <laughs> yeah, as yeah. in your case. Okay, so when with your Bible work, have you been primarily been doing Bible studies with uh, the Wealthy Retirement Village or the uh, dysfunctional families down the road? Sort of the in-between. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, so there is the in-between. Of course, there always is. And uh, it's been really cool because I have met people from kind of each of those aspects. And you know, I, I think for me one of the coolest things is it's just about Jesus working on people's heart. Yep, that's right. Like I happen to be the one who knocks on their door. Mm-hmm. Or and then you get to be the observer. Yes. What don't yeah. you in Bible yeah. work? Don't you feel like so much like an observer? Yeah, hundred percent. Like wow, what just happened there? Look <laughs> at these people changing. You know, you, yeah. I, I I always go into Bible work thinking, you know, I'm going to go out and do great things for God, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I'm going to change people's <laughs> lives. And yeah. then when people's lives change, I'm thinking, but, but I didn't do anything. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's both something that's so incredible and ridiculous that God goes, I want to do this work. Yeah. I'm I'm working on the house. I just want you to help. That's right. Be part of this. And it's going to be change willing. your heart. Yep. And maybe 
you're going to see things you don't actually want to see. <laughs> I think that's the other thing for me this year. I'm like, oh, I truly suck. But Jesus, uh, you're the Things about best yourself thing. that you don't yeah. want to see. Yeah. And so then because I am very closely working, you know, my mm, personal and professional life, we'll call it, they're totally intermeshed. Yep. You know, I was living in a backpackers for seven and a half months. So I would go door knocking all day and then meeting a range of people and then come back to where there's, I'm surrounded by people and kind of thinking, well, I can't turn it off. I can't just be like, okay, that's my day no, you job. Can't. Well, no, these are people. That is my job. My <laughs> and what and my interest is also people. But that was just a totally different sort of relationship you're developing as to someone you knock on the door and you go, hey, da-da-da, and are they interested, are they not, you know? Now, this is interesting. Let me ask you about this okay. for a moment. So you're living in a backpackers. Did you choose to do that so that you could meet people? Uh it was sort of a mix. Part of it, <laughs> part of it was I was totally disorganized and just figured I'd find a place to live when I got there. Yep, and um, that was the nearest and easiest place. And then you just stayed. Yeah. Well, when I I was like, yes, there are people here. I absolutely want to be here because before I moved up there. So last year when I was in Wanganui, I was living with my friend and her husband and her kids, and it was great. And I was working at a school, and so my whole life was also surrounded by people. I went to school with these kids all day. I went home and was in a family environment <clears throat> with young kids all day. And then I was like, I oh, know I really like this. It's very strange for me to have this kind of family base because I just kind of go wherever. Whereas last year and this year, I really have been planted in the town where I am, which has been a whole new experience. Uh -huh. But when I was at the backpackers, I really wanted to be intentional. Like, okay, yeah, this isn't just going to be I go to the kitchen and I cook. And I do my own. Sometimes you need your downtime, but I was like, okay, I'm going to speak to whoever is there and just as much as I can. And there's language barriers and, you know. Are there just, any other long-term residents there? Yeah, yeah. And so right. that's what was cool is because it is a really big fruit picking kind of area industry. And then I got to know our little crew of beekeepers. And so they were all there for months. I think the beekeepers finished at, you know, maybe in June. But then fruit pickers, some of them left a bit earlier. But, you know, I had a good five or six months with some people. Um, but even if you don't have a big dip and meaningful every day, you're seeing them most days. And then I had some incredible conversations with people. And then I, other conversations where I walk away just thinking, you're an idiot. Like that was a <laughs> you know, you just <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to Bible work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't remember what your question was. Oh, no. backpackers, yeah. <laughs> No, it's fantastic. I was just, you know, um, asking, you know, why why the backpackers yeah, and people. was that was that because you it gives you and, and you know anyone who's done backpacking and stayed in backpackers, you've it's very easy and very fast to make friends in the mm. backpacker because everybody's sort of on the same level. Yes, and you know you sort of you, as you say you cook together, you eat together, you hang out together, you have conversations together, and I can testify myself of having some amazing mm. conversations mm -hmm. with people from random parts <laughs> of the world, yeah. you know, about God and about the Bible and about yeah. my faith and my walk with God. And yeah, it was just as you're telling that story, I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe we've done it all wrong. Yeah. With Bible work. Yes. Maybe <laughs> rather than building people, yeah. just shove them down in the local backpacker. Backpackers. It's like you've got a mission field here in the evening and then during the day you've got a mission field in the community. Absolutely. Look, I think one thing for me that has kind of been revealed is, I mean, obviously we know this as Christians. We like to talk about it. But on a personal experiential level, Christianity is not meant to be lived out alone. So I actually, and some people argue this point with me. They're like, no, it was a different time, a different background. I fully think the church model is the early church in Acts, that they're together. Mm -hmm. 
Um, oh, absolutely. But, Community. Yes, but not in a spiritual bubble because I don't think that's healthy either. Not at all. Um, <laughs> but because the backpack is incredible and I'm not sorry. And, you know, my closest of close friends now are still those guys. They became family. They're the ones in the week that it's, man, I haven't seen you for a week because we've all kind of moved out now. I just moved out into a house where I'm house sharing. Again, still with people. Oh, couldn't do it alone. That would be the worst. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're the ones that we really invest a lot of time with. And that's not because I don't have really good friends at the church. It was just when I first moved up, I really didn't know anyone. And our church only meets fortnightly. And that that is actually quite a long period of time if you're not seeing people midweek, um, which we've had kind of phases of meeting midweek um, on the off week. In the or, midst of all that, do you make time for yourself to have alone time, alone time with God? You have to. Oh, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, I yeah. would die. Not literally, but there were times, there were days that you just get a bit overwhelmed, but that's like, that's your lifeblood. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> Minnie, it's been great to have you here on the show this morning. Oh, thanks for and having me. And <laughs> to talk about adventures in New Zealand mm. in Bible work, encourage anybody out there who is considering Bible work. Give us a call. We might be able to uh, set you up with a rise or something or other, which would uh, set you on that path. That's the journey that uh, was part of Minnie's journey. Mm. And uh, But right now we need to move on with the show. We'll yep. be back uh, after this song. We've got the 8 o'clock news and we'll be back with Encounter with God. You're listening to Faith FM. Thanks, Lyle. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like an empty bucket in the sand Seems I'm no use for anyone no more I've tried to carry some heavy things lately That push me, that bent me, want me out completely
said than done but there's a program called forgive to live designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness so if you're keen to take that first step head to forgive to would you like to get to know jesus are you interested in learning how to study the bible do you need some support and prayer for what's going on in your life we have a local pastor in Armidale, Pastor David, who would love to support you. You can contact him by calling or texting 0430 190 101. That's 0430 190 101. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. May I be like 